the Vinny Rock Hey, what's up, guys? You guys know that this show wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for our sponsors. I'm just going to give a couple highlights right here. I know I'm going to miss a few because uh, this is something new, but eventually I'm going to have more organization. I'll be able to hit all the key points. But right now, first of all, off the top of my head, we're going to say Let's Singers Whiskey. Let's Singers Whiskey. Obviously, we have a bourbon. We have a rye, a spice or cinnamon whiskey, right? Yeah, I call it a cinnamon. Yeah, and a, and a, and a spice rum. So those are amazing. Find them in a, in a place near you. If you cannot find the unicorn of whiskey, please go ahead and contact one of the social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and uh, we'll tell you what states we do have it in currently. There's a few surprises. We have a few big states that we just signed, so I'm pretty excited about that. Another one of our sponsors, and I'm proud to be an owner of this, is Warfighter Tobacco. Warfighter Tobacco is a brand that started no more than about a year ago and actually took off from the Drinker Bros podcast and now is continuing on to jump on with this podcast, uh, obviously because I am one of the shareholders. <laughs> uh, but some exciting news in the Warfighter Tobacco world. Uh, we have partnered up with a big, big company. Placencia Cigars is the ones that are making ours now. They are producing them for us. Uh, the quality of them has just shot through the roof. They're a Nicaragua brand now. And uh, they're ex- it's an exciting new thing. I think if you guys have had them before and you love them, you're going to freaking die for these now. Uh, go check out WarfighterTobacco.com, Warfighter Tobacco on Instagram and Facebook. Give them a follow and check them out. Another one of our sponsors, you already know, Steel. This is one of our our, our, our big sponsors that jumped on board and helped us out really early on. And that is, not to be confused with Warfighter Tobacco, but this is Warfighter Hemp. Yes. If you're uh, tired of the opiates and the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> the zombie dope, or P- PTSD symptoms, uh, the CBD oil. The CBD right? oil is kind of the way to go for, there's no... Yeah, there's no psychedelic effect. There's, no, invo- there's no involvement with uh, psychedelic effects or anything like that. So. And I, am I correct? This is legal in every state? Yes, it I'm, is legal. Yeah, so this one of the things. This is uh, something that Boone is a big, big uh, advocate for. This is uh, CBD oils. This is supposed to be. I haven't tried it yet, personally. I'm, I need to jump on board, uh, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to yet or not, so I'm actually looking into that. Yeah. And I think I am. Even though I'm military, I think I'm still allowed to. You still got that stigma of it. Right. I'm nervous, right? Yeah. Like, all of a you put, but let me double check on that for you guys before you do it. If you're military, anyone else, go ahead and check it out. Um, this is... Warfighter Hemp. Uh, what's the promo code for Warfighter Hemp? The promo code for Warfighter Hemp is Vinny. V-I-N-N-Y. That's it? That's Vinny. it. Just Vinny. Promo code is You're Vinny. the man on that. Well, You're the I man like on that. that. If you use Vinny as a promo code, you'll get uh, a little bit of percentage off. Am I right? Yes, sir. You will get 10%. 10% off. And, and uh, you guys use that code. Uh, check it out. Let me know how it goes. I would love to hear some of the feedback on this. Don't forget, that's Warfighter Hemp. Uh, yes, and another one of our sponsors, Article 15 Clothing. You guys know where it's at, article15clothing.com. Check them out. They got women's shirts, men's shirts. They also got some winter line coming out here soon. Check it out. Hey, if you use the promo code ROCCO, R-O-C-C-O, I'm pretty sure it still gives you 10%. If it does, let me know. If it doesn't, let me know. Our next sponsor is Valor. ValorSpirits.com has a sweetener that is made from the nectar of the agave plant. Uh, these guys are two combat veterans, one Marine, one Army, are now just living a life trying to make a business and make it happen. I'm very excited to have these guys on board. If you guys want to check their product, you can find it on Amazon. If you're going to use the promo code, there's the only way you can get it on Amazon. You can use the promo code called Vinny Rock, and that's capital V, capital R. Okay, so check them out. That's Valor. It's an art. It's not an artificial. It's an actual sweetener. The actual sweetener. Yeah, it's, it's an good, actual though. sweetener, and it's good. It's very good, and it's made from the nectar of the agave plants. I love that. 
It's uh, I put it in my coffee. It's do you? It's, yeah, it's good. You s- fucking sweet ass bitch. <laughs> All right, guys, go check them out. Three, two, one. <laughs> that's, like, that's from Wayne's World, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, it's a five, four, yeah. three, three, two. <laughs> Eventually he learns how to do it right. Yeah, two. All right, one. cool. Uh, so what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? This is uh, the Vinny Rock Podcast. I'm here uh, just with you. I'm here with you. And I'm here with my boy, Kaz. What's up? What's up? Hey, Kaz, why don't you go ahead and talk for a second? Let me uh, go ahead and get this f- camera started. Yeah, go ahead. We already started, huh? Yeah. All right, we're on. Ah, uh, yes. Looks good. Camera looks... I feel fat. Do you? God, that's a whole new subject. We're going to talk about that probably in the next one. Let's talk about oh, fitness next. I, yeah, because I'm getting I, I'm getting up there myself, too. We both knew each other in our prime. Yeah, no, right? We were <laughs> lean and mean, walking around. Uh, yes. Oh. We had a good fight and weight going. I know. God. So today is one of those things, man. Uh, I want to talk about veteran transition. It's one of the subjects that obviously is near and dear to my heart. Um, I think it's a big big issue we have currently in this moment and so as you like let me just talk about like what i do publicly you've seen me do some you haven't seen it but you've watched some of the videos of me doing public speaking right yeah i've seen some of your videos and read some of your notes things like that my favorite video is you know this that short 10 minute one yeah what's that called long way back yeah long way back dude i loved it i thought it was great it only has like thirty-three thousand views if that i think it only has twenty thousand views not that much no yeah but. It's one of those ones i wish had multiple millions because uh I think it can help a lot of guys. You know, the, where I came from, I wrote a poem. It was a spoken word poem. And uh, it's really emotional kind of thing. And so what I did was make that, I make that into a artsy film with my buddy. Uh, man, I can't even say his name. But uh, I, made, I made it with him, and it's done well. I mean, it's been in one f- film festival, and I'm hoping it goes into more. For you, the director, or are you talking... Oh, yeah, my buddy who directed. Well, I wrote it, and I wouldn't say I directed. He, he directed it. I AJ, just acted it. Yeah, AJ. AJ. Exactly. And so, um, Well, you get a lot of, on YouTube, you get a lot of comments about it, though, right? I do, and I think that's why I like, enjoy it so much. Like, It doesn't have a lot of views, but it has a shit ton of comments, and the comments are very powerful, right? It's one of these like, change of life, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, You have to love the fact that it, it does resonate with the crowd. It's something, it's something you're proud of, too. Yeah, very much so. That's really my first film I kind of written and produced. Um, you know, AJ, the way he films, he just knows exactly how to get to the heart. So we talked about it for a little while. We were able to get the money up, and uh, it was it was good. It was, I thought it was really powerful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Dude, so, so you know, that film, I wish more people saw it. Like, how, do people, how are people going to see it more? I think I'm hoping uh, maybe my social media grows a lot more here in the near future for some of these projects that I'm working on. And with that, it gives me a bigger voice for the veteran community. And then from there, I'll guide them straight to that video. But by then, I'll hopefully, I make a couple more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have a couple more poems in the, in the, in the shoot that I want to film. We'll try to link it on, link it on the website or Yeah. Like I that. mean, right now, you can find that on YouTube. Uh, or you can go to my website, just, just uh, VincentRogaVargas.com or VincentVargas.com or VincentVargas.com. They all go to it. And it's on there. So if you guys are interested in seeing what I talk about. So when I normally do public speaking, that's actually how I start off. I show this. It's about a nine-minute something film. Yeah, thirty-six thousand views. That's pretty good, though. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I love it. I wish it had more. Oh man. So, let's see. You only got five dislikes on it, though. Do I have dislikes? I didn't even know that. Five. One thousand likes and five dislikes. Well, let me let me explain exactly what I what I had in mind when I did this. I did not want to do the dark, suicidal. 
visuals that most people use, right? There's people that could use the images of like they have a gun in their mouth. There's people that have the images of uh, it, it just the, the rough, heavy images. That's something I just didn't want to do. I wanted to go more poetic side of it. I wanted to attack it from a whole different angle that anyone's done. Um, and I wanted to show the powerfulness of really the, the most heavy part of that whole film is that one point where he remembers his family mm-hmm. before he decides to do anything stupid. And I think that's a big thing is like, man, I think about that. Like, God, there's times when I've gone dark and I, you know, I think about the worst things possible in my life is getting hard. And, and I think the one thing I always think about is my family. Right. And like, what would they do without me? Right. And how many, what's the, the ripple effect of, of pain that you leave behind? And yes. so that's kind of what I, that small part hopefully kind of speaks, speaks volumes of, of what I was trying to get about. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I've, I've watched it. I've seen it a couple times. I thought was that was great. It's good. It's and cool, man. But you know, I just I, want to know who those five people are. They're like they're on the dislike part of it, like the thumbs down. It's <laughs> like, dude, they, really- like there's always gonna be somebody, but like where's there's no. They I'm sure they didn't leave a comment. Most likely. No, I don't really give a shit, man. I mean, <laughs> two of it's probably my exes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like there's always a hater in the crowd. You know, whatever. It's probably someone from high school that. You know that that lost the prom king vote to me, and they probably hate. That's me. where you were the prom king in high school, yeah, weren't I was. you? I was the prom king in high school. Oh man! For no other reason than I was just really nice to a lot of different people. Yeah, it, it shows. The shows. widespread wave of just niceness to every demographic that was in school. Yeah, I was. I hung out with the athletes. I hung out with the nerds. I hung out with the with the everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, the so, goths. Yeah, so I think I think the whole thing was just popular popular vote. Yeah, you got to be nice <laughs> to everybody. That's the one thing you got to take out of this. You got to be nice to everybody. Well, that's one of my things, right? Yeah, just be a good dude. Yeah. But, uh, dude, so I think one of the, the things that I want to do in life is to be able to be a public speaker for a bigger audience. You know, I think um, speaking to veterans and, and kind of giving them my story, uh, which is not like the most impressive story. It's just uh, the willingness to share truth, right? The willingness exactly. to, to be vulnerable. Uh, I think that's where the power comes in. Like people to, to understand like, yeah, I fucked up life uh, multiple different occasions. Um, and find a way to, to bounce back and, 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 and to be honest it, it's not like it's that easy I'm not saying like you know shit went bad like a marriage went south and I just like bounced back like fuck it here we go on to the next like it's not like that right like you, I had some hard times I reached out to some important people in my life that uh, I knew would sit and listen I reached out for counseling right and so those are the things like I was able to find what works best for me to resolve the issue and uh, to continue moving forward you know, and so that's when I, when I do public speaking, I do this thing called, and this is <laughs> me and Gary Stevens made this ourselves. Like Gary makes a lot of uh, the graphics for me, so so is so Dave. But but Gary made this graphic for me. It's called the the Rebuilding Veterans Tour, and and I'm not so cocky to think that anything I'm doing is rebuilding any veteran. Right? It's just it's just a, a formality of words to to, to understand like what I'm, the point I'm trying to get across is listen to my story, learn from my mistakes, and hopefully or maybe learn from my successes. And maybe that'll help uh, the veteran community continuing to grow. You know, yeah. um, this, my speech takes on two different, uh, excuse me, four different, uh, I guess, paragraphs, right? But four different ideas. Four, four different, different ideas. Directions. Right. Whatever. Directions. The first one, right? Yeah. And di- direction is is one of those hard ones because I think what happens is we have a lot of veterans uh, in the military that either lose their self identity or never have really lived a long enough and experienced life to have a self-identity i think one of the things with me is i was lucky enough to join at a later age and i kind of knew who i was before joining the military 
Yeah, what were you, like 21, 22? No, I think I was 22, going to 23. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I might have been 23 at the time. I don't know. This can even do the math. But it was by, by, by the time I was 21, I kind of knew who the fuck I was, right? I went through the weird phase where I had the piercings, the hair, the fucking, you know, all the weird shit. I got to see those pictures one of these days, too. Dude, I'll post them. We'll, we'll post them on social media. Right, we got to find I just them. had the one with the afro and the puka shells, and, right? And as I was playing baseball. Oh, yeah, I think we all had puka shells at one time. Yeah, we, had, we were California kids, right? Yeah, that's right. And so I had the puka shell. I had my nipples pierced. I had my tongue pierced. I had my librette pierced. I had my ears stretched. And, you know, I, I, I went through the phase. And so, you know, I think I went through that awkward, weird phase. And um, I made it out of it and kind of I understood it's time to be a man. I started wearing clothes that fit. I started smelling good. I started doing the right thing, having nice haircuts. And just kind of being myself. I found out who the fuck I was. Right? You got to get that tattooed somewhere to smell good. I, yeah, you got to <laughs> smell good for someone to love you. <laughs> Go <laughs> but uh, that's the one thing is like I knew who the fuck I was before joining the military. I know I've went through heartbreak. I've went through I already had a child at that point. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to be a great father yet because we live in different states at the time. But uh, I knew who I was as a person. I lived many of years as a baseball player, traveling, hanging around with a lot of older kids, learning through their experiences, um, making a lot of mistakes through them, as well as myself and things like that. You know what I mean? So, so I kind of done it, right? I traveled playing baseball uh, in as as a sixteen, seventeen year old kid, uh, playing on these teams and, and and hanging out on the upper level with the older kids and learning how to drink with the older dudes, yeah. learning their lingo, learning their life, um, doing my best not to make those mistakes, you know, and, and then by the time I got to the military, man, uh, you know, I was pretty mature. I got into basic training. It was, there was a few of us that were older and one of my amazing buddies, we still talk to this day, uh, Ryan Levingood, he is, he is a law enforcement officer out in Washington. He's one of, one of my guys. He was uh, the class leader because he was mature. He was a cop before he joined and 19, uh, excuse me, in, in September 11th changed a lot of things for a lot of us. Yeah. You know? And so him, there was David Cahill. Cahill was, was, uh, was in the fire service in, uh, in New York, you know? And he joined at 36, I believe. Really? Yeah, if I remember correctly, he was 36 years old. Older, older. I didn't know you can join that late. Yeah, you can join up to about 38, I believe, right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Something like that. It's, it's, it's something crazy. But I knew he was older. And I remember, like, the drill sergeants were such fucking cocks to him, right? They're like, it was, I joined. I, I, I can't, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but I know he said something like, I joined to fucking get some retaliation for my fucking brothers, right? For his firefighter brothers, right? Yeah. Being in New York. And the, and the fucking drill sergeant with a dick was like, you didn't think to join a little bit sooner? <laughs> This is a total burn. Yeah, and you're like, ooh, damn! At least the motherfucker joined. Shit. Yeah, no kidding. But he was the man, right? Like, like Cahill would, uh, would uh, put us to sleep at night. He's like the dad, right? He'd tell, like, I got a joke for you guys. Let me, let me tell you a joke, right? And it was just like the fucking solid dude, right? And I remember this, man. I remember he telling, he was telling us the platoon. He goes, I want to be one of the goals in the military. He's like, he wants to be one of the presidents 100. I don't know a lot about it. I just know it's a very, very small group of people that actually oh, made oh. that. Yeah, if you can check on that. Oh man, and and so he. I heard years later that he actually did it. And if and I and if I'm sure, dude, that is one of the hardest fucking things to do. I mean, you're gonna look that up right now. Yeah. And so, like I said, I mean, just a group of awesome dudes. And so we, we those were like the mature guys in basic training. And then we had a bunch of the fucking young punks that are 17, 18, 19, didn't know a lot, didn't have a lot of life experiences. A lot of those guys went AWOL. A lot of those guys were were just just troubled. It just was hard. You know, and so when I got to Ranger Battalion, I was a pretty mature dude. I kind of knew what the fuck I wanted. I, I wanted to raise my fucking daughter. I wanted to be around, but also didn't have the time to bullshit. You know what I mean? I'm older. They sent me to a course. You knew I was going to do my job and blah, 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 blah. 
but but I got out. I got out already motivated. I, I the day I remember <laughs> my first deployment. I'm on the side of the hill with fucking Chapman, man, Sergeant Chapman. Uh, I know you're out there. I hope you're listening, man. Now we're on the top of the hill in Afghanistan during a freaking uh, mission. We're just kind of doing like overall security and talking, right? And this is my dude first deployment, right? I mean, I just got in three months before. You know, and he's like, so what do you want to do? I was like, man, I'm just thinking about when I get out. He's like, holy shit, you just got in. <laughs> <laughs> you got a long ways, buddy. Yeah, you got a long ways. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking about when I get out, what I want to do. And I've always been like that, right? I've always thought like fucking 10 steps ahead. You know what I mean? I've always thought like, man, I want to uh, be prepared. So when I get out, because I knew I was getting out. I, well, I, I felt like I was getting out. Because when I got in, I was like, fuck. Fuck, man. If I applied myself better in civilian world, I wouldn't need the military. Yeah. But then I, then I learned how much I fucking needed it. You know what I'm saying? Like I decided, like, you know, that's what uh, that's what gave me the success that I have today. I believe is a lot of the military grounding me. I think the military humbled me a bit, as much as losing a career in baseball humbled me. But I think being in the military humbled me a lot more. Yeah. You, I mean, with baseball, you knew that you wanted to go as far as you take it there. You're I believed I had the skill set to do it. I didn't have the, I didn't have the maturity. So if you had probably done military then baseball, you'd probably have been pretty good there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, President's 100 is the uh, top 100 scoring military and civilian shooters in the President's pistol and President's rifle matches. Oh, that is so freaking crazy. And that's what he did. He, that's, he said I mean, he was, he, that's civilian, too. One of the most amazing things is he said he was going to do it, and he fucking did it. Yeah. Right? Like, when I joined the Army, I, I got the Ranger contract. I swear to you, I thought I was going to go to base against the only Ranger contract. I was like, and at the time, like every motherfucker had a Ranger contract. Right? Yeah, it was like a I'm platoon. dope. I could do this. Yeah, it was the like 38 of us, I believe, in our platoon fucking had a Ranger contract. They went into Airborne, and we got through Airborne. Some of those guys trickled away. And they went into fucking Rib, and some of the guys trickled away. And then you kind of go to your, you know, by the time you get to fucking uh, Ranger Battalion, at your specific Ranger Battalion, there was only like eight of us, right? Eight of us from the Well, the that original. was it. Well, the original 38 was not just, that was just our platoon. Mm-hmm. And you have four platoons in a, in, a, in a company. And so out of all those, there was a lot of Ranger contracts. We had the most in our platoon. But, yeah, the, by the time we got to second range, there was only about eight. And I think only about four were actually from my basic training, who made it the whole way, right? These are guys that maybe recycled or waited or whatever the guys. Well, you still have a ways to go, too, to get your, get your tab. Once you get to Ranger right? Tab. Yeah, when tab. you get to Ranger Town, you just, you're kind of just getting into Ranger Town. It's kind of the, the doors open, but they're easy to fucking slam that motherfucker on you if you can't get your tab in two years. And I was close. <laughs> a couple times. I was close, yeah. No, so, so, so being mature and having a better understanding of who I was as a person made it easier for me to transition out, right? I, I, I always knew I was going to be a good father. That's just kind of how I was raised. My dad was a good dad. You were telling me that the other day. You were like, I don't understand. I don't understand yeah, that. it's weird to me when people go like, hey, man, you're such a good dad. Now, I don't want to get mad at them because, I, dude, I completely appreciate that compliment. But it fucking sucks that that's even a compliment these days, yeah, right? absolutely. It just sucks that, that there's so many... Like, There's so many fucked up dads that yeah. I get a compliment for being just a dad. Like yeah. what I do, I'm just being dad. Just care, yeah, care for my yeah, kids. Yeah, I don't think I'm doing anything special. I'm 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 around. I pay attention to them. I fucking give them hell when they fuck up, and I fucking praise them on the right. Right. I just do the basics. And and I think it's 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 a weird compliment to receive when someone goes, "Oh man, you're such a great dad." And dude, don't get me wrong. Like I get it a lot, and I love it. I appreciate it, but it also fucking throws me for loop. Like fuck, why is that even a compliment these days? Why can't dads just be fucking dads? You kind of do that with a lot of not just your kids though. Like you do with a lot of people. I, I father a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I check on you quite a bit. Yeah, right? a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I do that with everyone. Right? Yeah, like, I'll go to the store to go buy something, and you like text me like, "Hey man, how are you doing? You're right. Everything good. Be, be safe. safe. Be safe. Always be I'm, safe." I'm, but I mean, I appreciate it. That's how I am, dude. I just yeah. give a fuck, right? 
So that's the problem. I think a lot of a lot of veterans get out and don't know who they are, and they have to spend years finding it. And you have a lot of guys that get out at freaking, let's say you get in 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, 22, dude, you're still a fucking baby. Mm-hmm. That's still a baby. And then you get out and you're like, here's the world, figure it out. And, and in our heads, we're like, oh, fuck, we're Army Rangers, dude. I can do anything. And then you realize, like, fuck, no, no one gives a fuck. Like, no one gives a fuck that you're an Army Ranger. No one gives a fuck that you're a special force. Well, I mean, some people don't even really know about no, it. No, that much. dude, the first job interview I had, they, they asked if I was a, he said, oh, you're a Ranger. How is that being a park ranger? I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> I want to jump over, the, jump over this and fuck that guy in the face. <laughs> Don't ever, ever say that to me again. Exactly. Nothing against park rangers, nothing. Exactly. But, There's nothing against park rangers at all. But you put your but you put your time and everything. Yeah, exactly. I put my time and I believe that the whole world would, would appreciate what I've done and know what I've done and kind of kind of walk out the door and shake my hand. And, and that's the wrong idea, right? I think a lot of guys think that. Now I realize like what getting out of the military is, it's a transition, right? And it's, it's a start over. And as hard as that is to to accept, that's all it is. We have to start over, right? You start from ground zero, and you work your way up. And if you if you have any ideas, any other idea than that, you're gonna be disappointed, and you're gonna feel like all oh, the like what the fuck, and you're gonna feel upset at the world because fucking no one's giving you a fucking job, and no one's fucking going out of the way to help you. It's like uh, you volunteered your time, bro. When you get out, you gotta fucking start all over, and that sucks, dude. Like you know what the feeling was when I joined the. Border Patrol, and one of the guys like, so I heard you were a sergeant, Mr. Vargas. Well, today I am your sergeant. And I was like, bitch. You said it all French like that? Well, that was supposed to be a really Mexican accent, but it went went very French on me. Ah, God, am I drinking too much? Oh, no, I don't think, I think you're all right. But. But that's what I'm saying, is like, uh, I don't know, man, I just. You felt like you were going to get, you were getting shit on, like your time wasn't. Yeah. And I had an ego. I had a huge ego. Like, I thought everyone owed me that, right? And, and that was the entitlement, the, the sense of entitlement that, like, the world owes me because I just fought for your country. And I had it. And I think, I, I believe it's, it's kind of like um, the, 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 the transitioning out of the military is similar to mourning a death. You're mourning a, uh, a career. And so you go through these phases, right? Like, you know, there's phases of mourning. I feel like there's phases of, of getting out. And the, the first phase of it is this... You know, you, you're very proud of what you did, and you have every right to be, but you expect everyone else to be just as proud. And half the world just doesn't fucking get it, and that's fine. Yeah, some of them don't even care, or they're completely against it. Right, and so, and, and fuck it, that's fine. They're allowed to do that, and that's what we have to get through our heads. You know what I'm saying? So, direction is a hard one. People get out, they need to find direction, but they can't find direction if they don't know who they are. You know what I mean? I think, so, I think there's guys that need to take the time to figure out who the fuck they are. Like, what's their character, and what... what what gives them that next, let's say, purpose? Well, I mean, you think that some guys that know that they're not going to re-enlist or whatever, you think they should have a goal already set up for when they get out? Or Everyone has these goals, man. Like, everyone says, I'm going to go to college with GI Bill. You know? And then you realize how fucking hard that shit is, right? And some guys do it. And, yeah. then, and then they go get the job at a corporate office, and they're like, fuck, I'm still not happy, right? Well, because you just lived a fucking life of kicking in fucking doors and doing missions, right? Like, it's, it's this weird thing. It took me a long time to want to get away from that lifestyle. I mean, I... I have essentially continued to live a very similar lifestyle getting out. I got out and sold medical supplies for for Sintas. Uh, Sintas. I had no idea you did that. I did that for about three, no, not even that, two months, and I quit because I got a job at the prison. Were you like top salesman though? No, no, I learned how to do it for a little bit, and I was trying to be, and then I decided, like, fuck this, I'm out, right? I mean, yeah. there's so many, like, anytime I do a job, I'm trying to be the best, yeah? Yeah. And so then once I, once I quit that, um, dude, that's, at the time I was driving like 45 fucking 50 minutes to work early in the morning, about 4.30 in the morning, and I was falling asleep. So then I'd call the radio station 
So they started to know who I was. They're like, hey, Vince from, from Florence. How you you would call and just keep yourself just call awake? Just call and just keep awake. Yeah, okay. I'm like, I used to call John Jane Rich. John Jane Rich in the morning. Like, hey, Vince from Florence, what's going on? I was like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm just driving to work. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid ass, man. I'm a, I've got, well, I, I started a long-time call, listener. Yeah, call all the time. Yeah, I call all the time. You guys know who it is. It's Vince from Florence. What's up? And they're like, hey, there you are. You know, and I call quite a bit. And, and it's funny because they replay the audio about three hours later. Yeah. And so the people are like, dude, is that you? And they're like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. So then I got tired of fucking making that drive. I got the job at the prison. And uh, I ended up doing the same thing. I tried to go the special operations route because you want the excitement, man. And, like, I still miss the prison. I, I talk about it all the time. Like, I miss going in there and fucking having the question whether you might get fucked up that day or not or whether you're ready for it. And when you're ready for it, is it like, how's it going to go down? You know, like, I'm, I'm, I miss the riot where, like, you're right up in the shit, dude. You know, I remember... I remember my first cell extraction that was pretty hot and heavy with the sort team. Uh, I was with the CCA, which is a, that's Central Arizona. I don't know what the fuck it was. It was a federal contract, and, and, and in that cell, that was the ICE cell, I believe it was. Uh, I don't fucking, I don't know, whoever it was, a bunch of Mexicans in there, I think, a bunch of Mexican nationals. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're mad because they were getting bologna sandwiches too many days in a row or some shit like that because I think we were doing a shakedown. You know, we're, we're checking, looking for a lot of knives, so you kind of lock down all the pods. And so these guys fucking locked in their door, and they're in, a, they're in a gang cell, they call it, which is means multiple different people. So they had about 13 people, 14 people in one fucking room. Imagine going in that motherfucking house. Like, those guys want to fuck you up. It's going to happen. Yeah, they, they stick together, too. Yeah, and those guys, listen, you know, like, a, a corrections officer has nothing but a fucking radio. That's it. Because anything else you carry in there, it's potential to fucking be put back on you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and some of the higher, higher ones will keep foggers on them with this OC spray. But, like, not us. We're just fucking radio knuckleheads, right? So we go in there with your sword team, and you have, you know, you have some shields. It's really what you have, and you have some fucking uh, opportunities to use some 38 millimeter fucking uh, OCCS mixes, muzzle blasts, whatever the fuck, right? And so in this, we couldn't even open the door. Like, like the construction of the door was to a point where we couldn't use that to our advantage. So we ended up having to get like a, a hole saw and saw a hole into the fucking plexiglass <laughs> to try to attempt to draw drop a fucking can of fucking spray in there. Were they sitting there just waiting for you guys? Oh, yeah, or? they didn't give a fuck, dude. They're all fucking suited up like goddamn ninjas. Yeah, yeah. they got the mask, like, yeah. all wet water mask or yeah. whatever. They exactly. Got. So then fucking, uh, we eventually were able to like rip it open. And I'm the first two that just jumped through the door and started grabbing dudes and throwing them out. One at a time. Bounce. Come here next. Boom. Grabbing and throwing. And the good, I remember my buddies after were like, fuck, dude. Like you turned it on. I was like, bro, this was... This was a very similar experience than kicking in a door in fucking Iraq and start snatching motherfuckers up. Yeah. You know, I was backhanded dudes and grabbing them and slamming them on the ground. And so it was a very similar, similar experience. So I was like, fuck, this is where I felt the best. Like felt I got, most comfortable. I got my suit on, right? I got this fucking suit. You feel like a goddamn superhero. I'm going to start snatching motherfuckers up. Pulling your chest, pulling your chest <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Then the next pot over starts fucking uh, flooding. They do that a lot. They'll just fucking stuff all the drains, drains and start flooding shit. And so, they, so we decided to make our way that way. And uh, did the same fucking thing in there. Opened up, a, opened up a fucking thing. It was wet, so it was funny because I put a dude, uh, got him down his belly, fucking cuffed him up, feet and and hands, and I just grabbed him by the chains and just slid him across. Or just yeah, slid, full yeah. personal slip and slide. Yeah, yeah. Because what you got to do is you got to decontaminate after you hit him with OCCS, whatever the fuck, right? And so we, we once we sprayed them all, blasted them all, and then they all fucking gave up, and we slid them across the room and started decontaminating. But we were just like, dude, it was fucking badass. They also respect that, right? They're like, hey, you do your job, I do mine. Like, they're going to protest about shit that they don't like. I get it, and I'm going to have to do my shit. Like, they just call us the Ninja Turtles. You know, you all suit it up and go, fuck them up. Go turtle them up. Yeah, but uh, it, was, it was wild, dude. Were you, I mean, were you just a, just a regular... 
key carrying CO for a little while? Or I was. I was for about the first six months, and then I tried out for the team. Actually, here's the funny thing. I smoked everyone. On, I lapped everyone, I believe, twice on the fucking run. I beat everyone in push-ups and sit-ups, and they didn't pick me. Really? Yeah. Because because like that you weren't like the team player kind of guy. I don't or? fucking know. I think it was because like I wasn't there long enough for them. They usually don't hire anyone for a certain amount of time. But eventually, about three months later, they put me on the team. Did you, the, did you have those shields that are like have the? Uh, yeah, stun shields. Yeah, stun shield. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. Those are so dope, dude. Did, they, did you have to get hit by that? Oh yeah, <laughs> you smell like you smell like bacon burning when you hit me with it. Oh, it's good whiskey, by the way. Oh, it is. That lets fingers whiskey. Damn. Sounds good. Yeah, dude. So like I said, I kind of had a direction. I kind of stuck with the kind of the same thing I was doing in the military. When I got into the border, I did the same thing. You know, I jumped right into a special operations as soon as I could. And you just kind of feel normal. It feels like home. You know what I mean? And and so I kind of had direction. Um, it wasn't until Matt Best offered me an opportunity to go work with him in, in Article 15 and do videos where I kind of... Um, rekindled that love for entertainment and mm. you know later on in the podcast we'll talk about the whole acting career and everything where it's going and so better understand where, where i'm coming from with that that concept but uh you know after direction you know on, on my speech you know i usually talk about several other things but that's one of the topics is direction like you got to get out and have some direction you're probably going to fail at that direction you're probably going to fuck up that direction several times and you'll find a new direction and that's okay because I think I've done several different directions. Yeah, it seems like we got right. out then. Yeah, and then, and then once you find your direction and you actually you know wholeheartedly, I think I think that's purpose. When you start, yeah, purpose is huge, right? Like, for me, when I found my purpose was with Article Fifteen Clothing. You know, I think I always knew I enjoyed helping others. I think that's why I went to the medical side of things instead of the tax side with the Border Patrol. I went to um, to Borstar. You know, that's that's the search and medical search and rescue trauma and trauma team. And so, for me, I think once I started, I did. I had one rescue. It was a swift water rescue, and it fucking felt amazing, dude. You know what I mean? We rescued about eight dudes that were stranded on top of a fucking uh, of a semi truck, you know. And uh, I'd done a couple of searches, search and rescue, like SAR missions, and found a dude out there way in the middle of nowhere. And and it was just me. What like, was he doing out there? It's an illegal, you know. Oh, okay. Illegal, yeah, an illegal immigrant. He got lost, and uh, he started dehydrating, getting nervous about it. he was going to die, and he ends up starts wandering. Uh, so you, you, you're able to get his location through whatever systems they have. And I was able to track him down and catch a sign, which is pick up some footprints and start running them down. And I got to him. I was able to render aid and good to go. Felt you, you felt good about it. Too, dude, though. it fucking feels amazing. Right. Yeah. But that was like just one thing. I was like, dude, this is cool. And I'm real proud of doing that. But when I was able to start helping veterans and I know that's like a place where it needs a little bit more attention, we started getting messages on article 15. I started getting personal messages on the Rocco, uh, entertainment page and people are like man you changed my life and you, you you kept me motivated you blah 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 like all that shit i realized then that like my purpose is to serve others you know i i try and wake up every day knowing that i'm going to do my best to serve the community and whatever community that is right it's like, i'm not the type that just alienates the civilian culture because i feel like i i am a civilian right like i might be a veteran but i'm also a civilian i, I believe it. I, I started as a civilian first and now I'm a veteran. I'll talk more on that after this. But uh, that's the thing is I, I try and just help others, you know, whether it's motivate, whether it's inspire, whether it's uh, guide them through, whether it's uh, teach them how to start a business and run it, you know. And, and I've learned throughout all these years how to do all these little things. Like 
I hand that shit out like candy, dude. There's, it's not a big secret to me. I was like, if you're gonna be more successful, you go for it, dude. But I'm gonna do my fucking damnedest to not dude. let that happen. <laughs> so as you said, like it comes to another t-shirt company or something yeah, like yeah, that. it comes to another t-shirt company. But Whiskey it is what company. it is, dude. And, and I knew that. I know that down the road there's gonna be another t-shirt company that's way better than us, right? I think there's gonna be videos that are better than. It's gonna be some young fucking Delta operators who are funnier than us and who make better shit. And it is what it is. The nature of the game, right? You gotta you gotta continue to evolve with it, or else you fall off, you know. And well, so one of the things I think that's really cool is that you actually you inter- interact with your with your audience on a personal level like oh yeah dude. i let them see it all dude you know like talk to them you, you actually have you've actually talked to a few of them on the phone yeah i'll call i don't give a fuck it, it's not about all that shit I, you know what i mean i had someone tell me about like social media and kids and shit i'm like i don't give a fuck to my kids someone come after me like let's do it whatever <laughs> fuck and so you know purpose is the one thing is like you have to find your purpose in life and you know and and you know um that's the one thing is is if you don't know your identity then you won't know what direction to go in. If you don't know the direction, then you, and once you figure out your direction, you got to find your purpose in life. And once you find your purpose, is balance, right? Yeah. I mean, well, how, one thing, go back to the purpose thing. Like, how, I mean, it's going to take some people a lot longer than others to find their purpose. Like, you, with you, you found it not relatively quick, quickly, but, I mean, it's something that, yeah. you, know, you knew, like, that hit you, like, one day you were just like. Yeah, well, it, it, like I said, it took me a while to figure that out took me a while to know like this is what i want to do but and, and also not have the fear to do it like it's scary as fuck to just kind of step out walk away from a career that pays first on the 15th and it also has a retirement to try and do entertainment you know what i'm saying like i don't think that highly of myself i'm very you know like i'm very nervous about like not being able to pay the bills but i also know i have a fucking crazy ass work ethic like you've seen it like, yeah I, I see it every day i'm non-stop like i there's a million ideas brewing in his head. And so I know like, okay, there is a gift in there, right? There is a gift. And, and if I could exploit that gift, well, then I can continue to pay the bills. And that all comes from because I know my purpose, right? My passion is to help others. But I really don't have any other skill set but telling my story, right? Or telling my story in a profound, vulnerable way that other people can pull from that and learn. And that's what I try and do, right? Like, like... If you read some of my blogs and everything that I write about the kids, it's like people are like, dude, you're, I felt like I was reading my own story. I'm like, that's exactly what I want. Yeah. I, I want you to feel that way because it means I've done it right. You know, like the biggest thing in this is like most guys that are transitioning are like, yeah, but you're Rocco. Like, what does that even mean? You weren't before. Yeah, I'm fucking. You were just Vince Vargas. Yeah, the reality Vince. is like I'm just Vince Vargas. I'm just a fucking dude that preparation met opportunity. And then from there, I've kind of just ran with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always work hard no matter what job I do. Like, any job I do, I, I try and be the honor graduate. I try and be the best at it. I try and be the leadership awards. Like, that's just the way my character is. I, it's a com- competitive nature. I just want to be the best. When I had been given the opportunity to stand on this pedestal and, and speak about my life through Article 15 Clothing and, and, and Legendary's Whiskey and all those, you know, and Matt Best and Jared Taylor the drinker bros community when i was able when i was given that opportunity i was like well fuck i'm going to use these powers toward for good not evil right and that's where i found my purpose that's when i was like whoa this is what drives me and i just pray that like it continues to be enough right like the community is going to listen and be like dude he's he's doing good like the only thing i can say is like as long i'm going to just stay myself you know as long as i'm genuine to who i am my true character my, the realism of who i am it's like i'm not fucking perfect i'm just me then hopefully all the guys realize, like, dude, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And that's the truth. Like, if I could fucking do it, this motherfucker couldn't even read in high school and shit like that. You know what I mean? The guy that fucking 
fucked up his fucking baseball career. This guy that came fucking, you know what I mean, that fucked up two marriages. Like, I didn't fuck him up, honestly, but flip that around. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean, that that, that has, you know. Has like, failed. Has failed it a lot. Yeah. A guy who's almost lost his house multiple times. A guy who's financially has never been fucking, you know what I mean, like, but I'm still fucking doing it. I'm still paying the bills. Uh, the kids are always going to be comfortable for now. You know what I mean? And I'm always working towards creating that legacy. You know what I mean? Like, I got a fear of dying for only one reason. And like, like in the Christian Christian world, like you shouldn't fear dying. Like, oh, I do. I fear dying because of the fact that I'm not done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they got a lot more to do. They got a lot more to fucking do. A lot more people to help. And so, you know, those are the subjects that I always talk about when I do, when I do my public speaking. Uh, you know, it's identity. I, you know, I already knew who I was before I joined the military. Direction. I got out and knew, like, I was probably going to stick around the same direction. And then that direction changed when Article 15 came around. Purpose. You know what I mean? I know that what drives me uh, as a human being is to uh, help others. You know what I mean? That's my purpose. That's not everyone's. You know what I mean? Like, some people don't have that purpose. Some people's purpose is uh, to do other things, to work hard. Yeah. Like, like there's guys like, like you. you. You spend a lot of your years doing excavation. excavation. Yeah, construction. Construction shit like Earthwork that. Earthwork underground kind right. of stuff. That shit is like, that's not me, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not me, dog. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do that. I just know that's not in my heart, yeah, right? Like, my dad, that's my dad. He, he, works, he, he works his ass off and backbreaking shit. It was good paycheck, but... It, it fucking it, breaks your back. Yeah, it beats you up. But, I mean, like, everyone has their style of purpose. And mine has always been to just help others. You know, and so I, once I found that, it made life easier for me. You know, and the last is balance. Balance was probably the biggest thing in the transition world. You know, like I think originally I was like us in the military. Like, you don't get those. I volunteered for everything. Let's just say that. You know what I mean? Like the army was like, hey, you want to go to ranch school? Yeah. And I know I was missing a couple of birthdays, probably anniversaries, whatever the fuck. You know, like, hey, you want to go uh, to a leadership course? Yeah. You want to go to language course? Yeah. Like I never said no. Because of the fact that I always want to be great at my job. I want to be the best. And so if I, if I said no, I felt like they'd look at me wrong. You know, and I've held that so hard in my heart that, like, I said yes to work all the damn time and no to family. You know, and I felt like I was being a just dad, a justified, justifiable father by paying the bills. And I think that that, that error is gone. I think the error of just the dad who pays the bills is good enough is gone. I think the father who is engaged with his kids, who is there, is the reality of what a good father is. And I think that's where this kind of, we're in a time right now where it's kind of a confusion. I think my dad's era was to pay the bills, but my father was there. Like there's a little bit of a difference, right? Like my father's father was just paying the bills, but he was doing dad's shit, right? That was the, nowadays the culture, I think you have to do both, which is harder. It's just extremely harder to pay the bills and find the time for a family as well. Or else you're not gonna hold on to a marriage. No. That's just the reality of it. There's so much fucking divorce these days. Why? Because I don't fucking know. It's think, a coin flip yeah, now. I think social media is part of it, right? I think social media <laughs> causes a lot of fucking drama. I think, I think uh, the fact that some women don't realize, like that, that you know, that nine to five job is not what all of us want. Like, I don't want no fucking nine to five job. That's not me, right? Personally, that is not me. You're never gonna find me in a cubicle because it's personally not who I am. Oh, you'd go insane in a cubicle. No, I, I want to stand like, up and fucking wreck shit. Yeah. You know, and, like I need to fucking do firefighting. I need to do fucking law enforcement. I need to fucking I need to do something that's fucking I, I can live and die with. You know what I mean? And so, like, for so many years, I chose work over family. And so now I do my best to say no to work and yes to family. And that's easier said than done now, right? It's easier said than done now because I fucking pretty much create my own hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're up like it. But, yeah. You're up at 6 and you're not. Oh, dude, I've been up last all week was 4.30. Yeah. And next week at 4.30 as well. And you have and you don't. And then I go to sleep whenever I go to sleep and it's usually around 10.30. You know what I mean? I find time. But but you know what I do? 
I find time for the lady, right? We do the we do bubble baths. Yeah. We do our, our bath bombs. And we chill, we talk, we bullshit. You go know to what I mean? Dinners. You see? Like, yeah, we I try see. and take her to dinner. I, I, I we go out uh, and drink some have some drinks and shit. You know what I mean? I try and there's time when I know she's gonna sleep is when I work the hardest. You know what I'm saying? And when she's awake I try and just pay attention. And she's heavily involved. She runs a lot of my emails. She writes a lot of my stuff. She edits a lot of my shit. You know, so she's highly involved in my business and my world. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, she's been in some of my major business talks, right? When it comes over, like, ownerships of fucking major fucking companies. Mm. You know what I mean? Beard.com. She was there the whole time. Sat there and took notes. You know what I mean? I'm one of the owners, of, you know, of Beard.com, which, you know, goes live September 15th. I'm not sure when this podcast comes out. But, you know, me, Tank, and fucking Luke own that. And she sat there the whole time through the business and making sure everything was done right. She reads all my legal paper. But it had to be that way. You know what I mean? Because if I didn't involve her, when there, there, there loses a lot of balance. You know, your work-life balance is fucked. And when that happens, the relationship slowly dies. And when that happens, then her or me start looking for attention. It's just weird fucking, weird fucking dynamic. A happy wife makes a happy life, right? Right. And, you know, and I do my best to fucking give that to her, right? I give my, do my best to... Fuck, to, to, to shut off at times when my brain doesn't shut off. You know that. Like, like my head goes a million miles an hour, but I also know I need to be relevant in her life and I need to be there. Like, actually, physically and mentally engaged in our conversations and, you know, things like that. So, yes, you do a lot of things with kids, too, though. A shit ton. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're always involved. That's the number one thing is, like, that's that's... I don't wake up every morning to serve other people just to serve them. I serve them to, to, to fulfill my my life, to fulfill my purpose. But the other side is to be a relevant father, right? To raise these kids, to hopefully steer them in the right directions and, and all that. And so it's it's not an easy balance. Like I think people see, like they see my social media like, man, you fucking think, like, dude, you see all the good shit, right? Like no one sees the bad shit on the social media, right? You don't see <laughs> yeah. the fucking fights, right? You know, we fought about, you know, star wrestling, you know? No one sees the fights, right? No one sees fucking, you know, the, the, me yelling at the kids. You know what I mean? Not everybody them. puts that on social media. Right. Or, no one does. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'll post some dumb shit on there sometimes, but at the same time, it's like, dude, like, don't be fooled. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, just a dude that goes through the same fucking dude shit as everyone else, you know? And so those are like my four things I talk about when I go to fucking public speaking, you know? And, and you know, there's more to that. There's more to that 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 that... Just those four things, right? It's not a, yeah, it's not a blueprint. Just right, exactly. That, that's just I mean, what that's, I talk off of it, right? I, like I said, let me see. If you guys are listening, the four that I talk about is identity, find your identity, direction, find your direction, purpose, what makes you tick really is what it is, and balance. Like find that work-life balance. and you know. But it's more than that. It's the veteran persona that happens to, to a lot of the guys who, who get out and feel that the world owes them. You know, And that's a pet peeve of mine because I always try to – Push the idea that uh, I guess bridging the gap of the veteran civilian, uh, you know, divide. Yeah, the, the, there's a huge divide there. Civilians think that veterans are weird. Not all of them. A lot of civilians support what we do and they're proud, right? And then the veterans think that civilians don't get it or they're pussies. Blah 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 blah. Like all these weird little things that happen in the community that veterans kind of frown upon. Some of the civilians like civilians are weird. Yeah, so are veterans. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But here's what I say. Like all of you guys are listening, here's the here's the fucking facts. Your veteran is just the just the time in your life that you've done that work, right? Like I, I talk about people, I tell them like I think a lot of people use the same reference. Like that's just one chapter in my book. I close that chapter. 
I learned from that chapter. I use a lot of the lessons I've learned in that chapter and bring them to the next chapter. But that time's done, right? Like, I don't sit there and hold on to the idea of being a veteran because I believe it's going to help me in the future. I hold on to the ideas and, 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 and lessons I've learned and continue on life trying not to make the same mistakes. You know what I mean? I think, like, you can't tell me a ER nurse, a law enforcement officer, a firefighter that's seen some crazy accidents, EMS, whatever, don't have PTSD or haven't had PTSD. Oh, yeah. Some of them quit just for that reason. Right. Exactly. Or I would say quit, but they just... So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, so a veteran has PTSD is one thing, but like, goddamn, a lot of the society has PTSD. Now, some are weirder than others. Some are like, have got like triggered with little things, but it doesn't matter. Like, you can't tell me the rest of civilian culture doesn't understand you. They understand fucking people lose people. People die. People fucking see hardship. You know what I'm saying? My father had a fear for years about drowning kids because he was a 911 dispatcher for L.A. for a long time and freaking heard a couple too many drownings and it fucked with his head. You know what I mean? And that's PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, he would call my mom and if she answers the phone, he'd be pissed. Like, hey, what are kids? You know what I mean? And so it's one of those things like transitioning out of the military is no different than transitioning out of anything. I transitioned out of being a baseball player and it fucking was hard. You know what I mean? Because it's change. And change is uncomfortable. Transitioning out of the military, the only difference between that and baseball for me was that I really did forfeit a lot and and got very little in return. But I didn't join for that reason, right? I didn't join for the fact that I believed I deserved more coming to me. I joined because I believed, fuck, I believed in the cause. I believed in going to war and fucking fighting it. I chose infantry because I wanted to see it fucking front row. I wanted to see it. I didn't want to be the guy fucking 40 years from now talking to a veteran and be like, damn, awesome stories. I just wanted to be the guy that had the stories. You know what I'm saying? And so that was just me. And and, and there's a lot of guys out there that have done less and expect more in return. And I, it confuses me. It's disappointing as fuck is actually what it is. Here's the facts. The most dopest motherfuckers in the military are the coolest motherfuckers, right? The guys who have fucking killed more people than cancer seem to be the coolest motherfuckers I've ever met. Right? The fucking CAG dudes, the fucking SF dudes, the fucking CIA dudes, like whatever the fuck. All these badasses are not dickheads. Got a good sense of humor, it seems like. Well, dude, they just kind of understand life. Like, eh. It's finite. Yeah. They, they realize it's finite. Right. There's, well, there's very little insecurities. Right? I think a lot of fucking guys that, that, that fucking want to boast about they've done this and they've done that, and it's insecurities. I think people just need to be proud of whatever the fuck they did, whether it was a fucking mechanic, whether it was a cook, whether it was a fucking water purification expert or a fucking ranger. Who gives a fuck? You served. Thank you for that. Continue on. Right? Don't be the guy, like the guy that picked me up in fucking airborne school as a fucking cab driver and says, hey, what's going on? I was an army ranger. And you're like, holy fuck. Really? That was an army ranger? What happened? Because that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, dude, if I'm an arranger and all I fucking qualified to be is a fucking cab driver, that kind of fucking sucks. No, what happened, that guy held on to the fucking idea of him being an arranger and never kept advancing, never kept getting better. You know what I mean? I, t- I tell people, like, don't be the Al Bundy of the fucking military. Don't score your four touchdowns in high school and feel like that's going to carry you the rest of your way. Polk high, man. Dude, <laughs> Polk high. <laughs> don't do that, right? Like, fuck, man. Close that chapter. Continue your success. The only way to represent your boys that died in combat, the only way to represent your unit, the only way to represent your fucking MOS is to continue success in the future, right? It's like to continue to conquer more shit. To be a badass in the military means shit when you get out because you still got to try and be a badass in the civilian world, which is fucking hard as fuck, dude, because there's so many directions you can go and you have to choose the right one. You have to choose the one where you can potentially be the most successful. 
you know whatever suits you what your what your purpose is what your purpose is find your direction right fuck this is a crazy ass subject dude i i argue with people all the time on this well you were telling me some, a story the other day about one of one of your good buddies that was that was killed and that um how some people go like take a different route about it like he well, wouldn't want. He wouldn't want you to. Live I took like that it. route. Yeah. Right. So I. So the next f- short film that I'm going to try and do is about this poem that I wrote about this. You know what I mean? I think. I think what happens is, you know, I lost one of my buddies. I was a deployment I missed. You know what I mean? And I was injured from ranger school, so they sent me to language course, and um, it's haunted me for a long time. Right. It was one of those things where I felt. Uh, I wish I was there. Maybe I could have taken a couple rounds. Maybe. Maybe I would have helped. Maybe it would have benefited more if I was there. Maybe I would have taken the rounds and died and he would have stayed alive. Because that's how much I thought of him. I thought he was a way better person than I'll ever be. You know, and, and so for years on the anniversary date, I would drink until I fucking puked. I'd fucking try and fight. Like, and, and you know what I mean? For years, I waited for that date to come around and I fucking destroyed myself. I punished myself. And it was the wrong answer. Right? The way I see it now. And there's guys that continue to do that, right? There's, that's how some people grieve. And, and I think what they need to sit back and evaluate that is that what they would have wanted right would, would would they have wanted to see you go in a downward spiral and 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 destroy your life for their i guess for their memory fuck no right if i was doing that every he'd look down and be like you're a fucking idiot like what are you doing like go be successful motherfucker because i can't that's how i see it now I see that he looks down upon me, him and, you know, that's Rick, Ricardo Barraza and, and Dale Brim. I, f- I feel like they both look down and be like, dude, kick ass in life, bro. You know, people sacrifice their life for, for, for the opportunity of everyone else to actually live a life. Mm-hmm. And there's so many of us veterans that are out there like waiting on that anniversary date just to get fucked up. Several of my buddies fucking got arrested on those that anniversary date and fucking broke their hands on those dates because they punched well. You know how it is. Like, dude, and, I, and I don't blame them. I get it. I went through that phase. But damn. After 10 years, it's time to fucking time to fucking say, hey, cheers to the boys. I'm going to continue success in honor of them. And that is like probably one thing I wish more people would see. Not all the guys are going to say that. They're not going to see that, right? And they're going to struggle with the death of, of their buddies in, in, in their own way. And I would wish that they would see it. The more success you have is the best way to honor your brother and that's kind of the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good point to say that, you know, he can't. They're not there for they're not there now, so live your fucking life to the best you possibly can cuz they're not able to do it. Like what best way to tribute them by being one of the most successful motherfuckers. You know what I mean? And and, and I think that's a that's a day-to-day thing with me is that the more veterans I can help, maybe maybe yeah, fuck, I don't know. Maybe I'm making an impact. Hopefully I am. I mean, just one's enough, right? One is, but I mean, you want a million's better, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm always I'm always trying to go hard on that shit. Oh my goodness. Veteran transition is one of the hardest subjects, you know. Uh, I would say this. I, I could not have transitioned if I didn't seek counseling. Right? And I've told you that before, right? Yeah, you've told me that. Yeah. I, I, I never would have continued to advance unless I seen counseling. Well you said you want you seen one before. Yeah, I went to a group one. I went to a group one through the VA and it was just sitting there and and some cook was saying oh he had and nothing wrong with cook at the time I wasn't ready for I wouldn't wasn't ready for counseling. You know what I mean? I wasn't ready to hear it, right? And and uh, some cook said he had PTSD because he saw fucking, I don't know, someone blown up. And I was like, oh, shit. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? I was just offended. And it was, it was one, it was, I just got out. I wasn't, I was too fucking, 
my ego was in the way. You're still not gung ho, right? I still believe that fucking I was an armed ranger, one of the baddest things ever walked the earth, right? And 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 I still believe that armed rangers are, are fucking some of the baddest dudes ever. But that ego kind of hurt my transition because I was blinded by the reality of like, hey, he served. What he saw in combat, he probably didn't expect to. He was a fucking cook. You know, mm-hmm. he probably thought he was just going to be cooking, and eventually he saw his buddy blowing up in front of him. So there's things like that. Like I understand now. I understand. Like yeah, I could see that. I could see how that fucks him up. Before, before, before just, I didn't say like, you were fuck just, you. Even trying to hear like, you're a cook. Why weren't you an infantry bitch? Right. Yeah. And so that, that was the the thing. I was blinded by my own ego. And then, and then eventually, years later, I was introduced to to a counselor. Her name is Tanya Glenn. She lives out of Austin. If anyone's interested in hitting her up, Tanya Glenn. Uh, if you guys have questions with her, actually, you can hit me up on on our social media, and we'll send you a link to her so you can get a hold of her. But uh, one of the most amazing counselors. I guess more for her approach than anything is she showed up and said, I don't give a fuck about your feelings. I don't care about your fucking feelings. You know, and for Almost like, like another like drill instructor kind of deal. Right. And for, for, for an alpha male, they're like, whoa. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not a pussy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And she was able to, she was able to uh, kind of wake me up like, okay, cool. Then what are, you, what are you here for, right? And she's like, well, you know, the chemical imbalance. You know, she talks about how traumatic events kind of get stored in the brain. And uh, the core, I don't know, dude, I can't even tell you all the scientific bullshit, but it gets stored in the brain, and that's why you have these reoccurring dreams, and I was having one dream that was kind of fucking with me for years. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting dream. Yeah, you know that one, right? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it's it's it's. I want to I want to film it one day because to, to understand I think to, to for people to understand like so so those listening to the dream I used to have is I was coming around a corner it's it's the same dream and it's not this it's not a very it's it's not what you think right this dream is a. I would be coming around the corner in like a Humvee, uh, and it was like a dark, uh, foggy night. And as I get out of the car, I had to park because there's something going on a commotion in front. And there's a guy laying on the floor, and there's a guy looking at me. And this, the scenario in the dream changes multiple different times where either the first time uh, I see the guy on the floor, and then he's dead. And then the guy looking at me, he's looking at me like, oh, my God, how could you have done that? And then I looked down, I realized I have a gun in my hand. And so I shot the guy on the floor. Essentially, I assumed that I killed the dude on the floor. And I have the feeling, like, well, did I kill him for the right reasons? Or did I just fucking cold-blooded fuck this dude up? And that's his family member or whatever, looking at me like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe you just killed my, you know, whoever it is, significant other, whatever the fuck it is. And so that fucked me. And then and then the next day, the dream would be, flip this, flip this scenario. It's like, I walk up and look, and the guy's dying or dead. And the person's looking at me for help. They're like, oh my God, can you help? And I'm like, holy shit, what do I need to do? How can I how can I bring this guy back to life? Like, now I need help. And so I was so conflicted for so many years on whether I killed the guy cold-blooded or was I supposed to help and couldn't. And so it fucking haunted me. I'm talking, and I didn't understand why this dream haunted me for so many years. I, I didn't, I didn't get why I was losing sleep over the fear of seeing this again. I'd waken up in fucking in cold sweats. I'd wake up fucking uh, breathing heavy. My heart was pounding, and I was terrified to see it again. It was like for some reason it evoked some crazy emotion in me that terrified me to go back to sleep. Like I would feel tired and like, oh my god, if I had that dream tonight, it's gonna fuck with my head. You know, and I'd have it for for fucking dude years, years. This damn dream would haunt me. Just flip. Each would, time. And flip. I was just so confused. Like, what the fuck? Like, what what is that thing trying to tell me? Like, I don't know. It, it was, was it was just your mind. Like, right? It was, it was me. And, and what, what? What? Uh, hold on. Uh, go ahead. Come on in, babe. Uh, my daughter just walked in. What do you need? <laughs> We're recording right now. How can I help you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What do you need? No, go shower. You're good. Well, thanks. You already knocked on the door. Yeah, you already ruined the whole fucking podcast. <laughs> Baby, I'm just kidding. Take a shower. I love you. 
Uh, and that's going to happen when you listen to this podcast because we're filming it at home and we have six kids. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're always going to need something. They're always going to need something. But, uh, yeah, so that haunted me for years. And she was able to pull that out of me somehow with her, what is it called, rapid eye movement treatment. Yeah, it tripped me out when you told me how yeah, she would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was weird. And so, I mean, like I said, um, I think a lot of guys who have issues that have legitimate issues will benefit getting counseling. Will will definitely benefit it. I, well, I mean, maybe not the first one or the second one, but right. there's I think someone out there. There's for a it. way. There's there's someone out there that's going to approach it in the manner that that's going to be beneficial to you. And I believe that PTSD is something that, that can be managed, managed in a, in, a, in a way where you can you can live with it and and continue to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Like, and dude, and, and like I said, like there's 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 help out there, right? There's help out there. I think. I think the the idea of being an alpha male and too tough for counseling and I don't fucking need counseling, uh, it's kind of dead, right? Like, no one gives a fuck anymore, dude. Like, you need help, go get help. You know, you want to struggle with your fucking alcoholism. You want to struggle with your fucking self-doubt and fucking uh, insecurities. That's on you, bro. But you want to be successful, go get counseling. Go check it out. See what the, like, what's it going to hurt? Yeah. That's why. That's well, why I mean, it's, just, the, just the, rate of, the rate of suicide is... Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Well, that's just crazy. It's crazy. And I can't say I haven't thought of it when I'm having a bad time. And it's like, I just like, dude, I can't come to pulling that trigger. Thank God. You know, I don't, and I don't, I don't ever want to be in that position to feel that way. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and there's times where guys are so conflicted with their life and unhappy and fucking, it's just, well, you know, it's a snowball effect of just negativity in their life. And, and, you know, they end up going a route that's just fucking, just hard, man, and sad and sad. It's really just not, it's not worth it in that sense. No, no, I don't think it's ever worth it. I think living life is is too beautiful to let go. But, uh, I yeah. mean... You only get it once. You only get it once, man. You don't die once, you only live once, right? There you go, there you go. Well, dude, you know, we're coming down to the end of this uh, podcast, and, and I think we hit a lot of key notes, you know what I mean? I think you guys check out the uh, the short film I made called The Long Way Back. That's on uh, vincentrockovargas.com. As soon as you scroll down, it'll be right there. You can even check it out on uh, YouTube. <clears throat> um, that kind of just speaks volumes of what I've been through, kind of gone through. Uh, hard at work and difficulty with relationships and drinking and it is what it is, right? And getting through it, you know. And, and, and what the final point to that video was that you're not alone, right? Like there's a lot of us who've kind of been through it. Um, what helped me and what saved me, I believe, is is counseling. It's kind of given me that, that extra oomph to know like, all right, if I need it, I can get help again. And I've gone to her several other times after this. Actually, I made a couple calls. Yeah, yeah, because you know, everyone goes through shit. Like anyone listening right now, like like we all have the same shit going on in our lives, right? We all going through it, dude. Some of fucking, us drink too much. Some of us drink too much. Some of us are fucking way overweight and fucking hate it. Right? Some of us fucking hate our wives. Some of us love our wives, but fucking, you know, they, they go through divorce, right? Some of us freaking financially financially have some troubles. And I'm, I've been there. I've done it all. I've been through all that shit. I've, like I said before, I've, I've almost lost my house twice. I freaking, jeez, man, I've gone through, I have two divorces and, and currently I'm in my third marriage and, and I pray to God that this one this one sticks, right? You know, I pray I make all the right decisions and, you know, and and uh, I've gone, I fluctuate with weight up and down and I'm miserable with that shit. I'm miserable now, you know, and there's a lot to that, you know, and, and so, you know, there's there's a lot in life that we all go through and just knowing that none of us are alone civilians and veterans alike we all go through shit like we all go through shit and uh find some purpose you know find your direction 
figure out what your identity is. You know, and my biggest thing is like, dude, you're going to see me on social media and you're going to realize like, uh, I don't pull very many punches on social media. You're going to see my life for what it is. I don't need to act cool, tough, or any of that shit. I'm a fucking, I'm a just grown ass man that wears whatever the fuck I want and cries on whatever the fucking movies I want and fucking does whatever the fuck I want because this is who I am. I'm not here to impress anyone. I'm just here to live my life and try to be successful. And I believe that when you're doing that, when you're passionately just living who you are, then then you have nothing to fear. You know what I mean? I think when people put up the facade of something else, it becomes way more stressful. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we, Social media is always open, too. You're welcome to yeah. hit you, us up. Yeah, you guys hit us up. I can direct you towards uh, any kind of counseling or any kind of uh, help in your area. Uh, you guys know we have Drink It Bros group out there on Facebook. Request for it if you want. It's a nice community for veterans and civilian alike with the positive mentalities. Um, there's Vigilant Guard as well. That That is a group for any, anyone in distress. We try and do our best to be there 24-7 for anyone like that. And, uh, man, just uh, hit us up on social media if you guys need anything. If you guys want to um, – any questions on transition? Hit me up. Hit up uh, the pages. We're going to find them somewhere. We'll, re- we'll rebuttal with you back and forth. Uh, any stories you guys want to share with us, please let us know. Uh, this podcast is really going to be successful as you guys make it. It'll be successful if you guys are engaged and wanting to hear more uh, and my thoughts and ideas on something. If there's anyone else you want me to have on the show, please let us know. I'd love to interview someone that's just interesting as fuck, who's positive and successful. I love hearing about how they did it, why they did it, and what they did to do it. And if that can help any of you and inspire you guys to be successful in whatever direction you choose in your life, well then fuck, let me know and I'll do that for you. Uh, If you guys are interested in being sponsored this podcast, you guys already heard some of our sponsors we have. If you guys are interested in being a sponsor of the podcast, again, go ahead and hit us up on social media. Uh, we'll get back to you now. We'll, we'll, we'll try and make this happen. But again, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, I hope you can get something from this. Um, stay positive. Stay motivated. Keep kicking ass. Fucking uh, life is just a fucking hard-ass road march, man. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and get it done. All right, man. We're out. This is um, Vince Vargas and uh, Mr. Kasner. Have a good day. Later. Later.